power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. of kings, the captain of Israel's host, the Lord of lords, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father and the prince of peace. Hallelujah. Amen. Alright, how many of you are ready for the word this morning? How many of you are ready for the word? Alright. So, um, Acts chapter 17 verse 11. NIV. Give me NIV. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. I know traditionally when I quote the scripture, you know what I'm coming to do. I'm coming to do a review of past <laughs> sermons and to see whether you listen, but that's not what I'm going to do today. It said, Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. Why? For they received the message with what great eagerness. This church will receive the word of God with great eagerness. Hallelujah with great eagerness and examine the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Hallelujah. Today, I pray that your heart will be open to receive the word with eagerness. Amen. I don't know if you remember what I preached last week. What did I preach last week? The power of pressure. Alright. The power of pressure. We all know what pressure means and what pressure can do. Amen. Today, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with a cousin of pressure. It's a first cousin of pressure. Hallelujah. Yeah. Some of these things... Uh, today, I'm coming to talk about stress. <laughs> I'm coming to talk about... It's a cousin of pressure. Hallelujah. I think in this season, God wants to help all of us. Amen? Yeah. There, there are things that are destroying our lives, and we are looking at demons and looking at witches, and they are innocent of those things. It is the pressures of life. It is the stress of life. If any marriage is going to go sour, most of the time it starts from stress. Yeah. So, I don't know how I'll title the message, but it is supposed to help you to arrest stress in your life. Amen? So, maybe I'll call it the arrest warrant for stress. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yeah. You know, normally people will think these things should be preached at motivational meetings and should be preached by motivational preachers. But you realize that when you leave these subjects that affect everybody to unbelievers to handle, they recommend funny solutions to things. That is why we must bring these things to church and handle them the Christian way. Hallelujah. Yeah. I was reading somebody's write-up on stress management. And some of the things the person was recommending were interesting. One of them was like, when you feel stressed out, it is a good opportunity to explore your sexuality. Mm. He mentioned that some people have discovered that they are bisexuals as a result of stress. He said, if you don't explore, how would you know that you like both men and women? Women. Because if you are bisexual, it is double the fun. Yeah, that's what the person said. And the person went on to also recommend certain Eastern practices, certain meditation practices, stress relief. 
and specifically mention yoga. You see, something like yoga, it's become part of popular culture, but yoga is not as simple as stretching exercises. It is a religious practice. Let me read what somebody, a, a guru in yoga, a practitioner of yoga, I don't recommend yoga for Christians. It's not, it's not correct for Christians. It is actually a practice that was, um, that emerged from the Hindu religion, all right? And this is what the person said. He said, Hindu yoga practitioner and scholar Rajiv Malhotra came out to say that yoga and Christianity are fundamentally incompatible. Ah. He said they are fundamentally incompatible. And he went on to say, while yoga is not a religion in the sense that the Abrahamic religions are, it is a well-established spiritual path. Its physical postures are only the tip of the iceberg beneath which is a distinct metaphysics with profound depth and breadth. Its spiritual benefits are undoubtedly available to anyone regardless of religion. However, the assumptions and consequences of yoga do run counter to much of Christianity as understood today. This is why as a Hindu yoga practitioner and scholar, and I'm quoting the man, I agree with the Southern Baptist Seminary President, Albert Mola, when he speaks of the incompatibility between Christianity and yoga. This is a practitioner of yoga speaking. He says, the, the stretches, you, you see these things are, oh, it's just breathing exercises and it's just stretching in a certain posture. He says, it is just the tip of the iceberg. There is more in it. These things open you up to all kinds of things you don't have an idea of. There are some of the postures that are actually homage to some of the Hindu gods. There's one of the postures, you lie down flat and then you lift your head like a snake. It is supposed to be homage to one of the Hindu gods that is in the form of a cobra. So it is important for us to bring these things to church and show you how to deal with stress because as for stress, whether you like it or not, whether you are spiritual or not, whether you are tall or short, whether you are fair or dark, you will go through stress. Hallelujah. Even Jesus Christ, God on earth, he went through stress. Let's read John chapter 16, verse 33. John chapter 16, verse 33. John chapter 16, verse 33. It says, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Somebody say, my God has overcome Say, my Jesus has overcome, and I will overcome. Hallelujah. No, stress is something everybody goes through. And there are negative consequences of stress. Number one, stress can bring health problems, as you would know. If you are stressed out, you release certain chemicals into your system. That will cause your blood pressure to go high. It will cause your blood sugar level to go high. So as for the health aspect of stress, I mean, we cannot overemphasize it. But then stress also has the ability to change your personality. You know, there are some people, when you see them and you say, this person has changed. There are times people get married and they are like, after two years, the spouse I'm seeing is not the person I married. 
Stress can change your personality. A, an ordinarily calm person can become very abrasive simply because he or she is under stress. So you can, your personality can literally change. In fact, your looks can change. Your looks can change. If you want your spouse to keep looking handsome and to keep looking beautiful and for them not to age early, don't give them stress. Hallelujah. Try to minimize their stress as much as possible. Yeah. It can change your looks. That some people, they used to glow. Suddenly you see them and it's as if they are carrying all of the world's burdens upon their head. They seem to have aged. Watch all the presidents of the United States of America. When they come to power, their hair is black. By the time they are leaving office, you take Barack Obama's picture in 2008 and compare it to 2016 when he was leaving office. The man's hair was all gray because of stress. Of course, some people have certain genes <laughs> that ensure that they gray early and it's not because of stress. Hallelujah. Yeah. So stress, one, can give you health problems. Stress, two, can change your personality. Stress, three, can even change your looks for the worse. And then more importantly, stress can cut your life short. You can die prematurely because of stress. Because of the health issues it comes with. Sudden death things. People die. So this issue of stress must be looked at and looked at well. And must be handled the Christian way. Hallelujah. Now, when we talk of stress, there are different types of stress. And people perceive stress differently. What somebody will consider as stress Maybe somebody's answered prayer. Oh yeah. Maybe somebody's answered prayer. What, what is stressing you out? Maybe what somebody is aspiring to have or what somebody is praying to have. That is life. But you see, you mustn't belittle that stress because the same effect spiritually, physically and whatever it is having on the person is the same effect you have for the one that you believe, like the stressful situation that you believe is proper stress, like the fact that you don't have money for your school fees and you don't have money for your rent. For you, that is the real stress. I remember when we were in Legon, level 100. In between lectures, sometimes we stand and we chat and one girl was, she's like, she's stressed out, she's stressed out. Stressed out. And like, what is your problem? She said, because she didn't do well in the last I, her father has decided that the next long vac, instead of her going to London, she's going to go for a Kenyan safari. And for her, that is stress. It is stressing her out. And there was one lady amongst us from Choco somewhere. This is stress for you. Hey! Choosing between a vacation in London and a Kenyan safari. I prophesy such stress for your children. Such stress in your home. May you be stressed out whether you go out in the Ferrari or in the Lamborghini. Or the Rolls Royce. It is good stress to have. Yeah. Whether it is a vacation with your wife at Bahamas or the Maldives.
fight. May you fight for one man <laughs> because of such things. Hallelujah. Yes. So stress is relative. It is stressing her out to the point that she's willing to talk about it in public. And for you to annoy somebody for her to say, nah, 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 amanuni. Amanuni. I can think. We are thinking of better things. Are you? It is London and Safari that you are stressed out about. Amanuni. So stress is relative. Because you see, in this world, eh, <laughs> what you think is your designer shirt is somebody's pillowcase material. I watched a certain video. Somebody was going to somebody's house to go and make noise. He was feeling good about himself. He went there. They, he knocked. They opened the door. When he got there, he stood by the curtain. He realized the shirt and the curtain. They didn't match. <laughs> All the contain things he went to just disappeared like that. You are matching with the curtain. You think you're coming to flights? You are matching. <laughs> like you and the curtain are one. <laughs> you, you can blend very nicely with the curtain. Hey. Oh yeah. So there are different, different kinds of stress. But what we must accept is that stress has negative effects. Hallelujah. If the person perceives it as stress, it must be dealt with and dealt with well. So how are some of the ways, what are some of the ways we are supposed to deal with stress? Number one, make use of the support systems that are around you. Make use of the support systems that are, it's hard to find anybody without support systems. Sometimes the support systems are there, but we just don't want to use them. Hallelujah. Make use of the support systems that are around you. Even Jesus needed people. Jesus, he needed people. He wasn't operating alone. One of the problems with Elijah is that he was a one-man ministry. No, even though Elijah was supposed to have understood him until he left, we never really saw Elijah doing anything. One-man ministry. That is why one threat from Jezebel and the man wanted to die. Look, stress. Let me tell you. Let's go spiritual. Stress is one of the things that can open you up to demonic influence. Satanic voices. I'm telling you the truth. When people are hearing voices, leave the marriage. Hearing the voices, do this. Do blah, 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 blah. Most of the time, it's stress. In their stressful situations, when they are stressed out, that is when the devil comes. I told you at midweek service that the devil times well. Whenever he wants to attack, his timing is perfect. Like he doesn't, he doesn't miss his time. That is why he chose to go to Eve the time he went to Eve. If Adam had been home at that time, I'm sure he wouldn't have achieved the same. But Adam was going about his duties, naming the animals. Naming the animals. So the devil found a loophole, went in there, bombarded her mind. You know what happened between Eve and the devil? It could have just happened in her mind, though. I mean, it's, it's possible. I'm not saying that, but it's something that, that could have easily just happened in her mind. 
There are a lot of people who have conversations with the devil all the time. Yeah. You have conversations, he comes and bombards your mind, speaks all sorts of things. Stress can open you up. When Elijah finished killing the prophets of Baal, that was when he went and sat under the juniper tree, when he had the threat from Jezebel. He said, I failed. I'm like one of my fathers. How can you talk like that? Like you are one of, we don't even know your fathers. You, we know you. We know that you can call down fire. We know you can raise the dead. We know you can do this and that. And you have just finished with your biggest triumph. Triumphing over 850 prophets of Baal. And after that, he slaughtered them one by one. After now, I don't understand how they presented themselves to be slaughtered. Like 850 of you. The man has started killing. He kills one, two, and you stand there. I don't know whether the Holy Ghost arrested them or like run. They presented themselves one by one. And I can imagine how tired he was after that particular act. No, have you, have you killed a goat before? Even a goat. I have not killed one before, but I've seen it. It's a very stressful thing. And this one is a human being. And you are not killing one, two, three, four, five, not even 100, 850. I wonder how he was able to do it. So, after that whole thing, Elijah was tired. Elijah was stressed out. And that was a chance for the enemy to come and strike and speak things that were not true into his mind. That's what we call the spirit of discouragement. The enemy comes to speak. Look, you are at your workplace. You are working. Don't work as if. Those of you in Kolebu, don't work as if Kolebu belongs to your grandfather. And that you have. <laughs> do what you have to do, but don't kill yourself. Don't kill yourself. You are sick and your temperature is 40 degrees Celsius. And there are patients to go and see. Hey. If you die today, gone too soon, we'll put it there. We'll cry, funeral, come, make donations. People will come and drink, eat rice, and insult your relatives on top of that. <laughs> but you are the one that is dead and gone. Hallelujah. Yeah. The Bible says, love thy neighbor as thyself. That means there's a place for loving yourself. can open you up. Look, a lot of people go into depression after being very physically stressed. And, and that was what Elijah was ex experiencing. He was tired. And unfortunately for Elijah, he was a one-man ministry, one-man orchestra. So he didn't have other people to either cheer him up, to chat with him, or he was a one-man anointed, moving and doing things. But you see, Jesus was wise. Jesus was wise. He came, even though the Bible says he was anointed without measure, one of the first things he did was to gather a team. He went on a recruitment drive. <laughs> gathered a team. Got 12 minus 1 solid people. I almost said 12 solid people. But I realized that there's one that the solid doesn't. <laughs> 12 minus 1 solid people. No, there were some of the miracles of Jesus without having a team, he wouldn't have, those miracles wouldn't have, have, have succeeded. 
the multiplication of the bread, for example. You multiplied bread and you fed 5,000 men and an unnamed number of women and children. That was an unplanned party. No, if you, even if you are going to have a wedding and your guest list is 400, it takes you months Don't be so, to plan. This one, impromptu. A guest list of 5,000 men. Those days, they didn't count women and children. So if they say 5,000, it was men and an unnamed number of women and children. And throughout history, women have been more than men. Especially when it comes to church. <laughs> so if the men were 5,000, I can imagine that the women were probably 6,000 or 7,000. No, can you imagine him alone? How were the people going to be organized? How were the people going to be served? And after that, the organization was so well done that afterwards they could package 12 baskets and give to people. No, you need to use the support systems that are around you. Use the support systems. Use the support systems. Sometimes it's things to do with the children. If there are friends you can call, oh, Charlie, I'm hot at work. This is Charlie, can you pick my child for me? Choose the support systems. Those of you whose mothers are alive and you have little, little children, some one week, be going dump them to the grandmothers. Give them to the grandma. Let them also enjoy. For them at that age, it is no longer stressful. It is not stress at all. It is, in fact, it is stress relief for them to see the children running around and they have to chase them and this and, this and they are happy. Yeah, this, let them have them. Let them take care. You two take a little breather. Hallelujah. Yeah. Use the support systems that are around you. Some people want to take everything upon themselves. Oh, it is my responsibility. And so this and this and this. And stress is killing you. Stress is killing your home. Stress is killing your marriage. Use the support systems. There are some homes, the only way they can have peace is if they get a reliable house help. I'm telling you the truth. A reliable house help. That is what will bring stability. This thing you are trying to do everything and blah, 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 and it's causing trouble and blah, 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 and all of those things. A good, and the emphasis is on good. You have to pray. Oh, now there's a house help and then you have to pray. You go and bring some witch into your house. <laughs> pray. Don't be averse to such things. I know marriages that are broken down simply because somebody prevented the couple from bringing house help into the house. The mother felt like she's had a bad history with his wife. Allow my, my son to allow his wife to bring a house up. Meanwhile, they were dying of stress and blah, 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 blah. By the time they realized the two of them had gone far apart and the marriage was done. And now as we speak, they are divorced. Use the support systems that are around you. And when I talk about support systems, I'm talking about human and non-human support systems. Some of the support systems are not human. An example is a washing machine. No, I'm telling it's a serial support system. The amount of stress a washing machine will take out of a home, you can't quantify it. But some people believe when you do this and it means you are lazy. Our body was sell to me, you know. Hey. 
Look, I'm telling you, when you get married, start saving. If you don't have money to buy a washing machine, immediately save and buy a washing machine. It will save you a lot of stress in the home. It will save you a lot of stress. Look, anything you will do to reduce stress in your home, do it. Anything you will do to reduce stress on your spouse, do it. It should be every married person's priority. Because look, if you want your spouse to keep looking good, make sure she's not stressed. If you want her the way you want her, if you, if you want her the, the nice, sweet way and the smiley way you want her, make sure you don't give her stress. You see, they say women, eh, anything you give them, when you give them a sperm, they will give you a baby. You give them a house, they will multiply it and give you a home. If you give them wahala, <laughs> stress, they will multiply it times 10 and present it to you served red hot. Yes, press down, shaking together, running over. You will have it. <laughs> you will have it. So be, 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 be careful of what you are investing into your spouse. You will get a multiplied version of it. Hallelujah. May God open our eyes to the support systems that are around us and may we have the ability to make use of them in Jesus' name. Yeah. Don't be a one-man orchestra. One-man orchestra. So that is number one. Let me show you an example of this in the Bible and then we'll move on. Exodus chapter 18. This one in NIV. Exodus 18, 14 to 24. Moses would have probably died earlier than he died. Even not for some advice he was given by his father-in-law. He said, when his father-in-law saw that Moses was doing, what Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Next. He could see the man was stressed out. He said, Moses answered him, because the people came to me to seek God's will. So, consultation. They were all coming. Plenty, plenty. Very soon, and when we close church, this, <laughs> and they will also have places so that we share the, uh-huh, the counseling and the, you know, very, very, very soon. Bible. <laughs> he said, whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Next. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Next verse. Listen now to me and I'll give you some advice. And may God be with you. You must be the people's representatives before God and bring their disputes to him. Next. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. Next. He said, but select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain and appoint them as officials over the thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Next. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times. But have them bring every difficult case to you. 
That means let them handle it. So you realize that in this church, there's a pastor in charge of every ministry. I don't have to deal with the ministries directly. There's a pastor in charge of choir. There's a pastor in charge of protocol. There's a pastor in charge of this. And even under them, there are presiding elders, members of the church council who are also there, who handle these things. So before it gets to me, it means it's a very, very difficult case. Hallelujah. Yes, because I don't want to die early. I want to live long to serve God and to see my grandchildren. Hallelujah. Yeah. He says, a difficult case to you, the simple cases, they can decide them themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. Next verse. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain. I'm sure you could have used stress there. And all these people will go home satisfied. Verse 24. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. May you listen to what I'm saying today. Listen to what I'm saying. No, you need support systems around you. And I pray that God will give you the grace to recognize the support systems and make use of them. Number two. Remove straight jackets. You know what a straight jacket is? I think Andy, I sent a picture. I sent you a picture. Straight jacket. Uh-huh. Straight jacket. It's, it's a kind of jacket they use to restrain violent people. When you wear it, there's nothing you can do. It's like you are restricted. It's used in psychiatric hospitals where they deal with very violent people and stuff like that. There are a lot of us who have created straight jackets for ourselves. It's like this thing has to be done this way and no other way. There are certain routines you have created for yourselves and they are unnecessary straight jackets. Hallelujah. Does your bathroom need to be scrubbed three times a week? Ask yourself. No, doesn't need to be scrapped. You have just created a straight jacket for yourself. Sit down and analyze things. You realize you are doing too much and you are doing a lot of unnecessary things. There are some straight jackets that were relevant some time back, but they have expired. For example, if let's say you were preparing for an exam and because of that you used to wake up at 3.30 a.m. Now the exam is over. So sleep another extra one and a half hours. Wake up at 5.30 and join our visitation. But it's like you've never sat down to really review the straight jackets that are in your system. Today sit down and, and take, go and review. There are some of the things they no longer apply. And they are giving you unnecessary stress. They are giving you unnecessary stress. Review those straight jackets and remove them. Because that is what is causing you to be stressed out. What applied two years ago may not apply now. There are certain things that were relevant because of where you were at the time. But now you have moved on. And those things are no longer applicable. Get rid of those things and reduce the stress that is in your life. Reduce the stress. Those things you realize that nobody really has a cane on you that do these things. 
be flexible some of their strict schedules oh on Thursday I do this it's good to be disciplined but sometimes it's good to be flexible maybe that particular time it's not working like you don't don't create a straight jacket for yourself hallelujah yeah remove the straight jackets set yourself free If for that week the scrapping of the bathroom car, you feel like Charlie, let us skip one week. Skip one week be okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't don't create. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to tell you. Yes, don't be rigid about things. It just creates unnecessary stress for you. Those dieting. Cheat once a while. <laughs> Everything is going to die like that. You are there. You are seeing the rice and you want to eat the thing. <laughs> and in fact, one of the ways of dealing, dealing with stress is to do something you like once in a while. Yeah, do something you like. You must have a hobby. It can't be work, 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 work all the time. Just say you there, you must. Life is a, a serious business. So everything, every time you must be, you know, on a mission. You are a man on a mission. Achievement oriented. Oh, once in a while, do something you like. Eat some food that you like. I've told you before that I believe Jesus Christ, he liked bread, but Oh yeah, he loved bread. It's like any time, the, the Lord's Supper, I, I believe he decided what to eat. Bread and a, if I were the one who instituted the Lord's Supper, it would have been fufu and lice. <laughs> because that is what I like. Hallelujah. I said, let's do bread and wine. Jesus liked bread. It was his love for bread that made the anointing rise for the multiplication. <laughs> no, no, no. Read the scriptures. When he saw the boy, he said, hey, what do you have in your hands? What do you have in your hands? <laughs> Come here now. This bread looks so fresh. It looks so good. We got to multiply it. You understand? The strongest evidence that Jesus liked bread is the fact that when the devil came to tempt him, he said, turn the stones into bread. He didn't say turn it into donuts. He didn't say turn it into... The devil will not tempt you with anything you don't like. Of all the foods in this world, it was bread. Jesus liked bread. And when you read the scriptures, Jesus asked no pay the anika crowd. It's like he goes here, no, I lay, down, lay a table before me in the presence of my go to Zacchaeus' house, he's going to eat da da da. And like, uh, you can't live life, and it's like everything is serious like that. Once in a while, do something you like. Amen. Amen. Have good hobbies. I still like my football. I still support Liverpool. I still hate Manchester United with a passion. And because of that, my wife has decided that if I hate Manchester United, she will like Manchester United. It's good to have two opposing sides in the house. Uh-huh. 
As for my son, like father, like son. We are all on the Liverpool side. Hallelujah. <laughs> At least one day when I'm an old man, he comes to visit me with his children, we'll have football to talk about. Ah, do something you like. Once in a while, pamper yourself too small. Pamper yourself. Pamper yourself a bit. It's not always about sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. You sacrifice for people. I told you during uh, takeoff that this year, me have decided that a number of restaurants I've written down, me and my family, we will visit all of them this year. We'll go. We'll go. That's all right. We are your family. No, I'm talking about my wife and my children, not church family. <laughs> No, 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 no. A life can't be this. Jesus was always worried about the poor people, worried about the poor people. But the day they brought the alabaster box, they say it was worth a year's wage. That was the time Jesus was supposed to show his compassion for the poor. Because somebody suggested that this one, we can sell it and then give the money to the poor. Jesus said, hey, stop talking like that. Every time it is about the poor people, today me too, pamper me, Charlie, oh yeah, break the thing. Break the thing. Once in a while, pamper yourself. Think about yourself. Think about yourself. No, no, no. It, it has a way of reducing a lot of stress. One of the things I used to do some time ago that I liked, pam, was to go and sit in a stadium and watch football. One of these is I'll go and sit in a stadium and watch football. Yes. Because the stress you people give me is a lot. I live here on Sunday with plenty beddings aside my own. So I have to go and leave some at the stadium. <laughs> yeah. Once in a while, do something that you like. Hallelujah. Number four. Learn to appreciate humor. There's some people, everything is serious in life, oh. When you even joke, they can't catch it. Everything must be serious. Souls are perishing. Everything is an emergency. Time, 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 time. <laughs> Christ is coming soon. Relax. Don't, the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. In all things, with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. Sometimes we ourselves, we add to the pressure that is coming already by our attitude. Sometimes go to YouTube and look for some comedians. Listen to them and laugh. Laugh a little. Don't take life too serious. You know that some people, they, they can't appreciate jokes. They themselves, they can't joke. And they can't appreciate a joke. Like everybody is laughing and they are, okay. Explain further. Uh, let us get to the point. And everybody's on the floor. You are, no, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. I had one preacher who was condemning preachers who make their congregation laugh. I said, hey, I mean, I won't come to your church. You always want me to cry. Conviction, conviction, everything. Conviction. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, that'd be. 
at times we must laugh. The Bible says in the house of the Lord there is all liberty. Joy is one of the fruits of the spirit. Every Christian must have joy. Hallelujah. Must have joy. Learn to appreciate humor. And then finally, don't worry. Don't worry. Some of us, we worry too much. And the truth is that the worrying, worrying has never solved any problem in this world. It has never solved a single problem in this world. If anything at all, worrying has created more problems. Worrying. There's a scripture I want us to read. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, NLT. Matthew 6, 34. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. It says, so don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Some of you, you're always there and it's like you are in a chronic state of worrying about tomorrow. But basically what he's trying to tell you here is that don't let your worrying about tomorrow spoil your today. A lot of people, their today is always messed up. Not because there's something wrong with today, but because they are worrying about tomorrow. And have you noticed that a great percentage of the things you worry about never happen? Have you noticed that? If you haven't, I'm, I'm opening your eyes. At 90 something percent of the things you worry about, they never happen. And I'm telling you that the thing you are worried about today will also be part of that statistic. It will not happen. You spoil your today by just constantly worrying about tomorrow. And today comes to pass and nothing bad has happened but you have lost an opportunity to enjoy today. And tomorrow comes and you are worrying about tomorrow. The tomorrow you worried about yesterday is today. Aren't you alive? Aren't you in church? Aren't you smiling? Aren't you enjoying the word of God? Aren't you sitting in an air-conditioned beautiful auditorium? So if you had worried about today, yesterday, you would have wasted yesterday because today has come and today is fine. And I'm telling you that tomorrow too will be fine. Tomorrow's tomorrow will be fine. Every day will be fine. This statement seems like a statement from a visionless person. Ah, you dear. The serious people know. You don't have vision in life. How can you say, I shouldn't worry about tomorrow. I should just be there. I shouldn't worry about tomorrow. This is not a visionless person. This is the attitude of somebody who knows he has a father. Somebody who knows he has a God. Somebody who knows that when it comes to wherever he has somewhere to lift up his eyes. He says, I lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. This is somebody who understands that he is not in control of everything. And he can't control everything. Look, when you approach life that way, life is simpler. We are trying to control everything. We are trying to be like the octopus, spider, eight hands, 16 hands, controlling everything. 
sometimes you just have to leave some things in the hands of God. Just leave some things in the hands of Abba Father. Just leave some things in the hands of your Father. Just trust God. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Children's have a song. They said, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our what? Sins and grips to bear. He said, oh, what peace we often forfeit. And oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. We carry a lot of needless pain. Why should you carry it if you don't have the ability to do anything about it? Leave it to the one who has the CV. Leave it to the one who has the, the track record of having been able to overcome the world and overcome all the difficult situations that came. Learn not to worry and just cast your burdens upon Jesus Christ. He says, give me your burdens. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Sometimes that's all you need to survive a situation. You just lift up your hand and say, Lord, I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you. Withholding nothing. I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you. Withholding nothing. You've held on to too many things. You have become burdens upon your life. I surrender all to you. Everything I give, everything I give to you. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Give myself away. Give myself away. 